Welcome, Perry Chapel. I'm glad you're here if you're visiting with us. Uh, we have been talking for the last four weeks uh, since Easter uh, about the resurrection. And uh, kind of exciting for me because I believe it's one of those neglected topics. It's a topic we tend to put on the shelf, uh, use it as a, as, a, as a proof of our faith kind of time or kind of thing. And don't, don't look at it very much. Uh, and we relegate it sometimes to almost insignificance. And so we spent the first two weeks talking about the significance of the resurrection. Not just Jesus' resurrection, but the resurrection that is promised for all of us after after Jesus comes back. And uh, we talked about, the main thing I talked about is, guys, it's the linchpin of our faith. It is what holds our faith together. I heard a preacher say that without the resurrection, our the Christ, Christianity falls apart very quickly. And I, I have to believe that. And so it's not more important than Jesus' death on the cross, but it is hugely significant. And more significant than I believe, I, than I know, I have given it attention throughout my Christian walk. And so guys, uh, we talked about it. We looked at how it's the centerpiece of the Gospel. When you re- look through the book of Acts, it, in almost every presentation where they're telling non-believers about Jesus and trying to get them to come to faith, the resurrection is part of it. And it carries on through that. So we spent two weeks doing that. Last week we talked about getting busy living a new kind of life. And that the resurrection opens us up to that. We looked at two passages. These aren't in your notes. But the first one is in Romans chapter 7 and verse 6 where it says, But the law no longer rules over us. We are like dead people and it cannot have any power over us. Now we can serve God in a new way. By obeying His Spirit and not in the old way by obeying the written law. And we looked at Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 where it says, When we were baptized, we died and were buried with Christ. We were baptized so we would live a new life as Christ was raised to life by the glory of God the Father. And guys, Romans 6 tells us that we're united with Him not only in His death, but in His resurrection. And that it's at the point of baptism that we go from living this old way of life to this new way of life. Now, I don't know if if you folks have heard, but there were two people yesterday that made the decision to do that. Okay? Can we get Tasha and Dwight to stand up, please? We've got Dwight Haynes and Tasha Graves. Dwight is standing up. Thank you. Guys, it's a very exciting story. I, I encourage you to get to know them. Uh, Tasha started uh, coming to church and being involved a year or so back, maybe a little bit beyond that. And uh, Dwight started coming. He, his first thing he came to was the, uh, the Bridge Cafe. And he knew from that night that he needed to uh, get his life straight. He wanted to see this power of new life that Jesus offers. And so it's very exciting. And last week we talked about that. And I'm going to be alluding to this or making that connection today um, uh, with what we talked about last week. You see, today, as you look in your notes, it says, I've got the power. Okay, and I've done another lesson by that title, and I like it. I love that because... We have the right to say, the ability to say, as believers of Jesus, I have power. And I can live by this power. And I've shared before how very it's only been in recent years of my walk with Jesus that I was able to say, I feel powerful. Or even to ask God to, to, to give me this power, to make me understand this power. 
Okay? In the past, it was all up to what I could do. What was my self-discipline like? What was my self-control like? And I didn't recognize that. And guys, we want to look at four passages here that make it very plain that there's a power available to us. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 first. It says, the weapons we use are not human ones. Our weapons have power from God and can destroy the enemy's strong places. I like that. Ephesians 3, chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2, and then in verse 5, it says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. And finally, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same, the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realm. Guys, I, I love those four passages and I, I wanted to read them one right after the other because most people, most believers in Jesus, they, I, don't, I don't see them feeling powerful. I don't think we talk about the power much. And so guys, and sometimes we even deny it as, as it's talked about there in 2 Timothy. And so guys, four things about this power that I noticed, these aren't in your notes, these are just me still talking, called the introduction. Um, is that first of all, it's real. And it's been given to every baptized believer of Jesus. Okay? Number two, is this power is to be used to fight a very real and unseen enemy. Alright? It's not just, you know, I've got the power and I can go do what I want. You've all seen the movie, right? Bruce Almighty? He, he got the power, right? And he went out and did what he wanted, at least in the beginning of the movie. I can't say I've seen the whole movie. Um, but you understand the point. It's not for me just to do what I want with. It has a very specific purpose in what it's given to us. But it's to fight a very real and unseen enemy. Last week we talked about that we're to live a new kind of life, a new kind of way. It is a way, and we looked at that, that word that's translated new life or new way. And it's, it's meaning something that was not in existence before. That was just recently came into existence. And guys, we have the ability, that's, this new life involves living, living with power. It was very hard for me to separate these two lessons last week from this week. But that power comes through the Holy Spirit, and it makes a huge difference to live a new way. You see guys, 12-step programs can help a person kick drugs, can't they? They do. They have, they have the ability to do that. Do they work 100% of the time? No, they don't. Have you known anybody who's went through 12-step programs and it not worked? It not benefit? It's, it is true. It happens. 
Guys, we have some friends that went to a, uh, my former sister-in-law and her, her husband went to a, a drug program, uh, in, down in Alabama. I don't know how, six, eight years ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was now. Maybe it's only four or five. And we got with them afterwards because we had already seen this transformation take place in their lives. We heard them talk about, and it wasn't just drugs that they were free from. It's they were living this new life in a way they had not before. And I'll never forget it. We were sitting with them and they're going on and Leanne's talking. Some of you know Leanne. And she says, she's being very polite. She goes, Gary, I can't tell you what the difference is. All I can tell you is what we went through and what we were taught had power. Where we did not have the power before to overcome this. Guys, that's the power that exists. It wasn't a traditional 12-step program. I don't even know if they used the 12 steps now that I'm being honest with you. Did they, Susan? Do you remember? You don't know. Okay, sorry. Sometimes her memory is better than mine. Uh, But guys, we're in a very real battle with, with with an enemy we don't see. Okay? Anybody that's struggled with drug addiction... Or, or any kind of addiction, or any kind of habit, any kind of sin that you cannot give up, you understand that you can't do it on your own. And the enemy is very real. Okay, So the battle is for me to learn how and to continue to live this new way. Third thing about this power is I may not be experiencing it. That's, I, I, that's why I threw that verse in there about in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. And he's talking about the terrible times in the last days. He says, they will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And guys, that word deny is very power, is very, is very powerful to me because it speaks very loudly because it says, as a believer in Jesus, I can have power available and I can refuse to access it. I can refuse to allow it to live in my life and to be displayed in my life. And I believe that's very clearly what we talked about last week, about living the old way. We prefer to live by rules. We don't prefer to be led by the Spirit. And guys, that's the third thing. The fourth thing is if I'm not experiencing this power, it may mean my choices have led me to deny this power. I guess I've already talked about that. Um, but today what we're going to be talking about, just four things very quick, very easy, of, of how I can experience and exercise this power. Alright? And the first one is I experience and exercise this power when I engage and battle the enemy. Let me ask you, don't need any answers, don't need any raise of hands, but what are you battling right now? Maybe I should ask the question, where are you battling right now? Okay? And I mean that because it's like, where does that battle take place? Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we can see this a little bit clearer. Beginning in verse 4, it says, The weapons we use are not human ones. Our weapons have power from God and can destroy the enemy's strong places. We destroy people's arguments 
and we tear down every proud idea that raises itself against the knowledge of God. We also capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. So I ask again, guys, where is your battle taking place? You see, without a doubt, I believe that battle takes place in our minds. That's why he uses phrases, arguments. He says we destroy arguments. Alright? We destroy, or we take, tear down every proud idea that raises itself against the knowledge of God. Our thoughts. We take captive every thought. You see, this power is exercised in what goes on in our mind, in our brain. I don't know about you, but I have a few proud thoughts that are in opposition to the knowledge of God. And let me, let me startle you even more. I think you do too. Every one of us has ideas in our head, thoughts, arguments, ideas, worldviews, ways that we look at things that are in opposition to what God says. Now, it may be out of ignorance. We, we developed a way of, of dealing with the world, a way of viewing the world that we think was right. We became a believer in Jesus and we never considered whether it was right or wrong. It may be in ignorance. Sometimes it may be in just flat-out rebellion where we like our way better than God's. And so guys, that's what you're doing. The mind is very clearly the battlefield that this takes place. And this passage that we just looked at, I don't know if you noticed, as he was, as Paul was speaking, he talks about, he begins by saying we destroy people's arguments. And guys, I, I, I want to emphasize this because it's very easy to look at this and to say that this is about me teaching other people where they're wrong. And I believe there's a place for that and we're going to get there, alright? But Jesus made a little comment in Matthew chapter 7 where He talks about judging. This says we need to look at ourselves first. And so guys, I really want to encourage you, you know, we're going to get there, but it's got to be a me first kind of scenario. I cannot help someone else engage the enemy and to battle their thoughts unless I've done it myself. thoughts have you had this week that God disagrees with? Does anything come to mind? Something, thought you've had, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe on the road, you know, maybe about your neighbor, I don't know. What thoughts have you had that don't, that, that God opposes? You see guys, they come very natural to us. And God wants us to address those ourselves. You see, guys, because after I engage the enemy, I've got to resist the enemy. Look here at this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. You see, guys, I find it much easier to engage the enemy than it is to battle the enemy. I feel like if I just acknowledge where the problem is, it'll just go away. Or it should go away easily. But the truth of the matter is, guys, taking captive my own thoughts and destroying arguments that I've built up in my head about what I want other people to do or what I want God to do or what I think God should do, that's a battle. And I think the, the most common one to, to, to understand is we can, we can do this is when we've been hurt, we've been offended, and we want to hold on to it. Been there? Done that? Because that's in opposition to God because God says forgive. God says to reconcile. God says to cross the aisle and make... And you've got to destroy your argument of why you feel entitled to that. So guys, as we finish this point, as I conclude this point, I'm, I'm asking you, am I, am I, to ask yourself, am I in the battle? And if I am, what am I battling? Second thing, if I'm to experience and exercise this power, I will need to agree with God. Okay, the Bible calls this confession. Alright, last week uh, I talked about getting busy living this new life. And like, how do you get busy living this new life? I talked about embracing my purpose. And that purpose is being that we are all created as image bearers of God. We are created to image God. To represent God in our little world. And then we were asked ourselves, the second thing I said you need to do is you need to, I need to evaluate myself. How am I doing at that? And we looked at passages like Colossians 3 and Galatians 5 where you have these lists of sins and these lists of fruits of the Spirit or attributes that we sh things we should be doing, attitudes we should be having. And those aren't there to give you a list. Here's your do's, here's your don'ts. Those are there to say evaluate yourself. Are you living the old way according to the rules and laws or are you living the new way according to the Spirit? To evaluate yourself. Well, guys, confession is a natural result of doing these two things. Once we've accepted our purpose that says, I am to represent God. And I evaluate myself and go, ooh, I'm missing it here. The first step, guys, is to confess it to God. To acknowledge God. Listen, I'm agreeing with you that my thought here is wrong. This is in opposition to you and I want to do it your way. Acknowledging it. Let's look at this passage in James chapter 5. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. 
If you have sinned, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. You see, guys, one of the things I talked about last week is being united with other believers. And that we unite around this purpose. And guys, you need to understand that when you're confessing to another believer, it unites us in our purpose as imagers of God. It may be that you are witnessing to your, to, to the other believer that says, I'm taking this seriously. And the other, and the believer you're confessing says, boy, yes, I do need to too. Or maybe you're uniting together. But guys, what's the result? When you confess your sins to somebody and you, they pray for you, you're uniting together and what happens? Why do you think it's saying the, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective? Guys, now this isn't, this isn't an exhaustive thing like you've got to go, well, let me find somebody to go to confession with. No. Okay? It's about you uniting with someone else who believes the same thing and who's going to pray with you, and that prayer is going to be powerful and effective. Now, I can't explain this entirely. I don't. I just know that God promises this. Look at James chapter 3. It says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come, come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You see, guys, when we refuse to agree with God, we're representing the enemy. Did you catch that? When we refuse to acknowledge where we're not like God, we're representing our enemy. That's why he says it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Guys, as I finish up this point, I'm asking the cast, what are you confessing right now? Well, and all I mean by that, I mean nobody's talking. What are you acknowledging that's going on in your head, thoughts you have, things you believe that are not right? Okay, this is going to tell you, pointing back to my first point, if you're engaging the enemy or not. Because if you're not willing to examine your thoughts and leave, I mean, what's off the table? What are your thoughts? What are your areas? You know, you look at, you look at the different areas of your life, you know. Oh, my attitude on the job. Okay. Uh, my attitude with my spouse. Okay. My attitude with my children. Okay. My political views. Okay. And we can go on and on and on and on. What's off the table? And what that means is what do you look at and go, Oh, I got this right. I got this right. Guys, when we think we have it all together and we're not willing to examine and acknowledge that our, our, we have some thoughts that don't line up with God, we're denying the power that's available to us. That's it. That's it. But if we're recognizing our thoughts are in disagreement and acknowledging them, then you're going to be engaged in the battle. And there will be power that comes from that. That's what the power is for. Third thing that I'll be exercising and experiencing the power when I 
partner with other believers. Okay, I know I already talked a little bit about this, guys. And I talked about unity last week. And, and there, there, I encourage you, go to your Bible software, whether it's Bible Gateway or uh, Uversion, whatever, whatever one you want to use, and do a search for this word unity. And one of the most powerful passages on unity is John chapter 17, where the night before Jesus is crucified, He's praying, and the Holy Spirit saw fit to record this prayer And what's He praying for? He's praying for our unity. That we be united together. That doesn't mean we agree on everything. okay? But we are united around our purpose to be representatives of His. Look at this famous passage in the Bible. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, Euodia and Syntech. You both belong to the Lord, so please agree with each other. I don't know what these women were arguing about. I don't know what the disagreement was about. All I know is that Paul saw fit to call them out. To say, gals, you need to get along. I don't know what it was, but guys, there's a very real chance that they were denying the power. I don't know if this was a, 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 a doctrinal issue. I don't think it was. Or if it was something, you know, a matter of opinion. Where, you know what they say about opinions. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Where it didn't matter which one, but they just couldn't get along. They were not getting along. And as such, they were misrepresenting our Savior. Now, I don't understand it, guys. I don't know. I can't explain it. But confessing my sins and praying with each other is said to be powerful and effective. And if you look at this passage in Matthew 18, this is what it's, this is what it's saying. It says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything... <laughs> They ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. Guys, who wants a blank check? Ask God for what you want. Who wants that? Now, it's not truly a blank check. You know, we really don't fill in the amount. Okay, we've got to ask. For what he wants. Okay? Now I can tell you right now, he wants us to agree with him. Okay? And that's hard. It's challenging. That's why it's called a battle. But who wants to do that battle with and leave power unused? I don't want to do that. He's saying when we bring another brother or sister into that, another believer into that, we confess that, hey, here's where I'm not lining up with God. And they agree with you. God's going to answer your prayer. I think I want that power. How about you? I want that. I want the other people to see that. In my life. I want to put that on display. I want people to ask me, how do you do it? 
Fourth thing is if we are going to experience and exercise this power, we need to focus daily. Guys, this is kind of a no-brainer. Jesus was very plain, but it's so easy to get out of this habit. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Daily. Daily. My biggest struggle, I'm going to have to tell you as a follower of Jesus, is I get out of this habit. I want to think I'm on cruise control. I want to think I don't need to give it any more attention. And guys, it needs daily. We need to be engaging the enemy. We need to go, God, show me. Show me where my thoughts don't line up with yours. And then we need to verbally acknowledge. Now this united with other believers, guys, that's a choice. That's a choice. Like I said, you're not praying over everything. You're not confessing everything. But if you want the power brought in. Guys, Jesus died and rose from the dead so we can have this new way of life. And so guys, as I'm closing out today, I'm asking you, where yet? Are you seeing this power displayed in your life? Are you accessing this power? Exercising this power? Okay? Guys, as we close out, that's just what I want to leave you with. This is what Jesus died for. I pray that it is your desire to exercise and experience this power. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much that You've not set us out here to do something and then not given us the resources to do it. Father, I've heard so many people complain about that on the job and it's a very real thing. But Father, You didn't do that. You've given us what we need. Paul told Timothy, You've given us everything for life and godliness. And Father, this power is real. Father, I know... That verse we read about having a form of godliness but denying its power has described way too much of my life following Jesus. Father, it's my prayer that it's Greater Alton is a church that displays your power through the individual lives of all of us here and all that aren't here and all that will come. Father, I'm sure there's nobody in this room who, who thinks about this power. And, and you know, I'm sure there, there were thoughts in the room today about what am I struggling with. People have some very real battles. And those same people are saying, I want that power. Father, I pray that Your Spirit guides us. Father, that we look for Your Spirit's leading. And we submit to His leadership. So your power is on display in our lives. It's in Jesus that I pray. Amen. All that I am, all that I